those of you that were blessed to be at the great event of my ordination as an Anglican priest will recall that the man who preached the ordination forgot to ask the congregation to be seated. Anybody there? <laughs> I mean, not offended most of the people I was friends with back then, but fellow <laughs> by the name of Bishop Joe Johnson came up from Akron. Great friend of mine who preached a wonderful sermon while we all stood. It's <laughs> a great reading. Um, this I, this uh, Isaiah chapter forty-three. We just heard the Old Testament reading. Let me read just one piece. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, you shall not overwhelm you. Which leads me to today's message, which is actually found in the third chapter of Joshua. Go figure. Sometimes the readings for the day that posted the book will just spark a thought and send me back about 150 pages. And that's where I am today, back to Joshua, the third chapter. You know the story, and so I'll read it to you. Not because you know it, I'll read it because it's so beautiful to sit back and listen to it. But you know the story that uh, at this particular time, the children of Israel had been wandering uh, in the desert. Forty years they wandered, you remember. And uh, they were just coming to their land promised to them by the Lord. And between them and the land that they were about to step into was this river. Our story begins. Then Joshua rose early in the morning, and they set out from Shechem. And they came to the Jordan, he and all the people of Israel. And they lodged there before the castle. At the end of three days, the officers went through the camp and they commanded the people, as soon as you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God being carried by the Levitical priests, then you shall set out from your place and follow. Yet there shall be a distance between you and it, about 2,000 cubits in length. Do not come near it, in order that you may know the way you shall go, if you have not passed this way before. Then Joshua said to the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. And Joshua said to the priests, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass on before the people. So they took up the Ark of the Covenant and they went before the people. The Lord said to Joshua, Today I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. He's saying that to Joshua. And as for you, command the priest to bear the Ark of the Covenant. When you come to the brink of the waters of the Jordan, you shall stand in the Jordan. And Joshua said to the people of Israel, Come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. And Joshua said, Here is how you shall know that the living God is among you, and that he will, without fail, drive out from before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, and the Perizzites. And there's a bunch of other ites there too that God is going to drive out. Behold the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all of the earth passing over before you into Jordan. Now, therefore, take twelve men from the tribes of Israel, from each tribe a man. And when the souls of the feet of the priests bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth shall rest on the waters of the Jordan. The waters of the Jordan shall be cut off from flowing, and the waters coming down from above shall stand in one heap. So when the people set out from their tents, pass over the Jordan with the priests, bearing
the Ark of the Covenant before the people. And as soon as those bearing the Ark had come to Jordan, and the feet of the priests bearing the Ark were dipped in the brink of the water, now the Jordan flows all its banks throughout the time of the harvest. This is a flood time. It says the waters coming down from above stood, and they rose up in a heap very far away at a town called Adam. And those flowing down toward the sea of Arabah, that is the salt sea, were completely cut off. And the people passed over to the opposite Jericho. Now the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant, and the Lord stood firmly on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan. And all Israel was passing over on dry ground until all the nation finished passing over the Jordan. There is a story. Do you remember the Ark of the Covenant? We don't, uh, we don't talk about it quite so much probably in, uh, in Christianity, in Protestantism particularly, because, uh, but number one, we can't find it. We don't like to talk about things we can't find. Somewhere they are in the Ark of the Covenant, presumably. This Ark of the Old Testament. And I just wondered if you remember really what matters is, do you remember what's in it? Probably not. Um, I bet you could guess one thing. If you had to guess one thing that was in the Ark of the Covenant. And don't say ice. I mean, it was not an art ice chest. It had something, one thing, help me. Okay, let me help you. It did have the Ten Commandments on stone. Part two. Because part two, Moses broke. Right? He shattered it. So God gave him a, a Xerox copy of them. And at least a, a stone age Xerox model. And, and so they were in the Ark of the Covenant, which they were parading around and carrying through the river. But do you know the other things that were in it? What man? Oh, manna, yes. Uh, yes, there was, a, there was a, a jar of manna. You remember the manna. There was a 40 day period where the children of Israel had no, uh, nothing to eat uh, in wandering in the desert. And so the Lord, six days of the week, he would cause a manna to be on the ground. And they would pick it up six days of the week. And on the sixth day, they'd pick up an extra portion for the seventh, the Sabbath. And so that is, was, was also in there. And, and then there was one other thing. I heard somebody say, I was so close to you Aaron's staff. Aaron's staff. Aaron's staff. Here's a man of, of notoriety. Aaron, we, we think of Moses leading the children out. But Aaron had this staff that was really remarkable because it actually did a couple of miracles. You remember the staff, one, when he threw it down in front of Pharaoh and it became a snake. It's kind of a miracle thing. But the other time that Moses' staff, this is not really well known, the other time that Moses' staff came into play was when there was a, a little bit of a war going on. I mean, a kind of a, a soldier's fight among the 12 tribes of Israel. There was a, a fight going on because God had appointed the Levites. You heard as I read this, take the ark, the Levitical priests were walking. The, of the tribe of Levi came the priests uh, in this time. And a little battle came up because, as, as Father Joel said, everybody really wants to be a priest. And apparently, people from the other 11 tribes were feeling a little unchosen, if you will. And so a little battle kind of came up. And it, what, what Aaron's staff had to do with that was 
that Aaron, they called one member from each tribe, one man to bring a staff. And Aaron represented the tribe of Levi. And they said, we will put these staffs down, and then God will do something with them in the night. They became swords. Pardon? Swords. They did? Uh-oh. <laughs> Keep your mouth shut right now. That was Jeff, PBS. It's not a mistake that these three things are in the box. 
been a critical aid in There were a lot of great things that happened, a lot of miracles, right? That happened in the Godless party. They could have put pieces of any of those miracles. He could have put, he could have taken the remnants of the burning bush and put them in there, but he didn't. Could have taken the rock of water and came out and put them in there. He didn't. Could have taken uh, almost anything from any kind. They soared, oh, and could have been ultimately in that box. But at this point, there's only three things, and those three things are there for a reason, I believe. The first reason is this. I want you to go with me for a minute. There's better the stone tablets that paid the hands on. Put them in front of you and walk ahead of you with these. Oh, you mean the Ten Commandments? I should keep the Ten Commandments in front of me? Do you remember what Father Joe was reading to you today? Does anybody remember the, the scripture reading from Luke? What did it say, Joe? It said, you want to go to heaven, you keep the commandments. It said, keep the commandments? What a novel concept. This is Jesus talking to the rich young ruler. The ruler says, what do I need to do to have eternal life? And Jesus, of course, says, be confirmed. Oh. <laughs> Jesus says, keep the commandments. So when Moses says to the children, or when Joshua says to the children of Israel, the commandments are in this box, and they're going ahead of you. He's saying much more than there's relics in here. He's saying the law of the Lord is in this box. It should go ahead of you. The same thing with the manna. The manna is not just some gooey stuff that makes, you know, for a good little keepsake. It's a miracle. It was a sign of God's provision. It was a sign that God actually cares. So much so that when he saw his children hungry, he gave them something good to eat. In the box is a jar of God's provision. In the box is God's miracle. In the box is God's promise that you will never go hungry, that he will always protect you, that the waters will not overcome you, that the fire will not burn you, that you will not surely die, but have everlasting life. It's just a promise. It's just in a little thing. And when you go forward from this day, you must take that with you. You must take that promise and that commitment from God. You must know in your heart that no matter what comes, whether you are sick or you are poor, God is going to care of you. You are His children. He will care for you. Even if He has to do it miraculously. Then there's a rod in the box. Staff of Aaron. Staff of Aaron is interesting. It's interesting that that happens to be in the box. Because what the staff of Aaron represents, yes, it represents the miracle of a rod into the snake thing, and that's cool if you want to have a miracle in your bag as you go forward today. But what's really in this rod is this. God calls leaders. Twelve tribes argued that with God. They said, no, leaders should be picked from among all of us. It should be even Stephen. It should be fair. There should be justice in this. And God said, no, no, no. I have called Levites. I have called people to be leaders. Follow them. That's what that staff means. What it means to you is when you go forward. Don't go forward. Follow the leaders that God has appointed for you in your life. There's a reason that this man sits in this chair. And the priests and the pastors that you know for the rest of your life that they are called by God means that you should follow them. 
keep yourself under godly authority. Hear what I'm saying. Don't ever, and it's going to happen, because you're going to get to college. Well, then you're getting out of here. You're going to get to college. <laughs> and when you do, the first thing you're going to want to do, believe me, may not be attend church. You just might not be. <laughs> it's not me. Praise God, I hope it will. Because as long as you stay under godly authority, as long as you're in relationship with good and godly leaders, teachers, pastors, then all will be well made. This is what God is saying to the You must keep my law in front of you. You must. You must keep your faith in front of you. You must recognize that I'm there for you. I love you. I'm not going to let you go hungry. Believe it. And stay in this hand with your leaders. Come under the authority of God and people in your own. When our middle daughter was growing up, was it from interesting friends? And uh, I would say to her over and over, show me the friends you choose, and I'll show you you in five years. You all have lots of friends. I'm sure they're great friends. These people. What are they? They're not all. And you can see past that. These are your two friends. These are your friends in This man is your friend in Be in the church. Don't forsake. Not its leaders. Not your friends. When you were baptized, the idea was, as small children as each of you were, the idea was that we were um, putting water on you as a mark, a sign and a symbol that you've been set apart. That you are now God's chosen child. But as we talked about this morning, it's much bigger than just the water. It was actually what happened when we did it, because there would have been a font or a tub, and, and the water would have But before we did that, we would have asked a series of questions. And the questions we would have asked to your godparents or your parents. And we would have said, Do you renounce Satan in all of his works? Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? We would have asked these questions, and they, on your behalf, would have answered. And at that time, because we would never want there to be a moment in your life when you were not part of the family of God, you became then part of the family of God. And you've been living as a part of the family of God. And today, you're going to turn to that family of God who has spiritually raised you, who has put this building and this priest and these books. You're going to turn to them. You're going to say, of your own volition, from your own lips, I'm part of this. You are friends. You are right. Yeah. And so, even as you commit to our Lord Jesus Christ and fully become a child, so you become a brother and a sister to each and every person here also. Good to be able to 
asking you follow your commandments. Believe in God and have faith that you care. Stay close to your family. If you do, then God will say, I know your name. Come to the waters. Whatever those waters are in life, they will not go.